You probably know you need life insurance, but you worry you'll have to deal with long applications, expensive premiums, and medical exams. Introducing EthosLife.com. With Ethos Life, you can apply in minutes, 100% online. Ethos offers affordable life insurance policies from top-rated carriers with no medical exam. Now you can sleep easy at night knowing your family's financial future is protected. Visit EthosLife.com and get your free life insurance quote today. Ethos Technologies, Inc. operates in California as Ethos Life Insurance Services. Not available in all states and prices subject to underwriting and certain health questions. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor views of the newspaper. Narendra Modi completes a year in office. Actually, six years in office, but a year in his second term in office. Modi led the Bharatiya Janata Party to a big victory in the 2019 elections, a bigger victory than he had been able to achieve in 2014. This was a vote in favour of stability. It was a vote in favour of national security coming in the wake of the Pulwama attack. It was a vote in favour of the welfare schemes pushed through by Modi and his government between 2014 and 2019. It was a vote in favour of Prime Minister Modi's leadership. It was also a vote which reflected this dismal state of the opposition. How has this year in office been for Prime Minister Modi? It has been turbulent, politically, socially, economically and now on the public health front. In this edition of Q&A, I will examine Modi 2.0. First up, what were the key milestones of this year? The BJP believed that the mandate in 2019 was a mandate to push through its core ideological beliefs. It also had the legislative strength to do so. It began by first criminalizing triple talaq. The government claimed that this was a move in favour of gender justice. Opposition claimed that this was a communal move meant to victimise minorities. The BJP then, in an audacious move on August 5th, pushed through the effective abrogation of Article 370, which provided special status to Jammu and Kashmir. It did not stop there. It also reorganised the state into two units, Jammu and Kashmir being one, Ladakh being the other. And it downgraded the state from being a state to Union Territory. JNK and Ladakh became India's newest Union Territories. The government claimed that this would integrate the region with the rest of India. It would also allow people in the region to enjoy the same rights as people in the rest of the country did. The opposition claimed that this was a violation of the word that had been given to Kashmir that this had been done without consultation with the people of Kashmir, that this had been accompanied with draconian restrictions, and that it would lead to further alienation and possibly more radicalization. The government then pushed through the Citizenship Amendment Act. The act allows for expedited citizenship for persecuted minorities, Hindus, Sikhs, Christians, Parsis, Jews and Jains from Bangladesh, Pakistan and Afghanistan. It notably does not include Muslims. The government claimed this was a humanitarian gesture. The opposition claimed this was a discriminatory move. 
The fourth key milestone, and this does not have anything to do directly with the government, was the Supreme Court decision to enable the construction of the Ram Temple in Ayodhya. The BJP, of course, has been batting for a Ram Temple in Ayodhya for decades. This then suited BJP's ideological agenda. If these were the milestones, what has the year looked like politically for Modi? While the year began very well with the Lok Sabha victory, and there remains no doubt that Narendra Modi is the most popular leader in the country, with tremendous mass following, this year became a clear example of how national politics and state politics are now diverging in India. There were a set of state elections. The BJP did not do particularly well in them. And that was surprising, coming so soon after the Lok Sabha elections, when in the same states the BJP had performed incredibly well. In Maharashtra, the BJP and Shiv Sena fought together. The BJP was the single largest party, but probably got fewer seats than it had expected. The Shiv Sena then, in a surprise move, realigned and went along with the Nationalist Congress Party and the Congress. Today, Maharashtra has Uddhav Thakre as Chief Minister. The BJP lost one of India's most important states. In Jharkhand, the BJP Chief Minister Raghubar Das was unpopular. He lost in the elections, only to be replaced by Jharkhand Mukti Mocha leader and now Chief Minister Hemant Soren, who was in alliance with Congress. In Haryana, the BJP, led by Manohar Lal Khattar, did worse than it had expected, yet it remained the single largest party. It had to depend on Dushyan Chautala's party to form a government. It did manage to save Haryana, but note, it did not do as well as it had thought it would do. And in Delhi, Arvind Kejriwal swept to power again in with a resounding mandate, despite a high-voltage campaign by the BJP. Therefore, the year politically for Modi has been good. He remains popular. The national opposition is weak. The government has been able to do what it has wanted to do. Yet, the BJP has lost power in key states and has not kept up to its performance in other states. How has the year looked like socially? When Modi took over, in his first speech in parliament, Modi spoke about how Sapka Saat, Sapka Vikas would now extend to Sapka Vishwas. This was a message of reassurance sent to the country's minorities, particularly Muslims. It is no secret that BJP and Muslims have a trust deficit. This was a reassuring message from the Prime Minister and there were hopes that this would mark the beginning of some kind of reconciliation between the party and the country's minorities. But that has not happened. When the Citizenship Amendment Act was passed, Muslims, Muslim leaders, Muslim community organizations, Muslim activists, young Muslims felt alienated because of the notable lack of absence of Muslim minorities from other countries being given expedited citizenship like other communities were. But it was not the CAA as much as the National Register of Citizens, a promise that was made by the BJP in election rallies, in speeches, but which had caused suspicion that this was a move to identify minorities and systematically target them. The BJP argued that this was not the case. The BJP claimed that this was a move to enumerate all Indian citizens. But the suspicion persisted and the BJP had to backtrack on its promise of NRC. What followed were prolonged protests by Muslim community leaders, 
but not just Muslim leaders, a section of liberal left activists as well as opposition parties against the CAA and the NRC. Shaheen Bagh became the symbol of this protest. Socially, therefore, this has been a year when India's social harmony has come under question. India's secular fabric has come under question. It has been a year when Muslims have probably got more alienated than they were from the ruling dispensation. This remains a challenge for Prime Minister Modi. He will have to live his word of building Sapka Vishwas in the remaining four years. How has the year been economically? This has brought bad news for the government. The year saw consecutive quarters of GDP growth declining. Investment did not pick up, demand continued to fall, unemployment figures continued to rise, consumption continued to dip. The government did come up with several measures, reform measures, and in the budget separately to try to rev up the economy. There were some early signs of recovery in this early part of the year, but it was not enough. The government has come under criticism for mismanaging the economy. It will have to do a lot more. How has the year been on the public health front? The coronavirus pandemic has thrown life off gear. It came as a surprise to the government too. And to be fair, no government in the world was prepared for a pandemic of this nature. The Modi government did well in not underplaying the danger of the pandemic, in alerting citizens about it, in telling citizens how and what they needed to do to remain safe, it also took a decisive step in announcing a lockdown on March 25th. The lockdown, it can be argued, has helped save lives and has helped reduce the rate at which the infection is spreading. At the same time, the lockdown has caused enormous economic distress. We spoke about the economic situation before the pandemic. The economic situation after the pandemic has only got worse. Economic activity has stopped or did stop before relaxations were introduced, purchasing power dipped, more people lost jobs, demand collapsed, supply chains got disrupted. But the most tragic element in the way in which the government handled the public health pandemic was that the lockdown it imposed to curb its spread led to the flight of migrant workers. This has caused a humanitarian crisis across the country. This, therefore, has been a mixed year for Modi. He remains the most popular leader. He has a tremendous majority in parliament. He still controls the levers of power in various ways. But politically, the BJP has faced setbacks. Socially, there are questions about the coexistence, harmonious coexistence of different communities in the country. Economically, the situation is grim. And the global health pandemic has come home to India. And India is still struggling to deal with it. This brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. If you have questions for us, if there are issues you would like us to discuss, please write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Please also follow us on all our social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at HTSmartcasts. Till next week, stay safe. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. 
Manny Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.